Say Swearington, hello from Stockholm. First up, Matthew Greenup. Samantha Little from Maidenhead, hiya. Nita Schlicker, Philly Groose, South Bayern. Hi friends, Laura Bittman Ward. Ian Johnson, Dean Davis, David Day, Greg Haler, David McIlroy, Sandra McLaren, Stephen McLaren, sorry. Uh, Adrian Mason, da da da. Okay. Before we go into it. Hello and welcome to Fish on Friday and a very happy Erdogan time with a brand new glass. And I'm not actually sure who sent me this. I've got an idea, but I'll come to that in a minute. But it's like, but you're a slunge. So here we are. The Friday before Christmas. It's like a fairy tale, isn't it? The Friday before Christmas. Brie Proper, Liverpool, Jean-Pierre Lix. Bonsoir. Ian Price, Mike Freeburn. Baldrick, Stephen Power. Norwegian Blue Appreciation Society, yes. Chris Harris, hello again, mate. Val Gambo, hello for Dunbar. Simon Farquhar, Farquhar Connor tonight's going to be interesting. Happy Christmas from Richmond. John Ryman from Berkhamstead. Julian Davis, James Edwards. <laughs> Gordon McBride from Brunsfield Lakes. He's a burg from Antibes, south of France. Oh, how I wish. How I bloody wish. <laughs> oh, Antibes. Oh, I'll tell you a great story about Antibes. It's bung right into that, off the cuff, right? We were down and we were, we were staying. I'm trying to think when it was. It must have been about... Uh, must have been about 1984, 84, 85. And um, we were uh, we were on tour, playing down in that way, and we had a day off in this hotel. It was a splendid hotel that was owned by one of uh, Pink Floyd's old chefs, I seem to remember, and he was kind of like a cordon bleu chef, really happening. But we didn't know about that. We weren't eating at the time. <laughs> eating much. <laughs> so I had this thing, well, we had the day off to get to the crux of the story. And I said, so what are we going to do? So we, we went down and we, I think we had to do some photographs on the beach for Sounds Magazine or something. And, uh, and I had one of those kind of paraglide things, you know, the, the, the things you get that go over the ocean. So basically, you, you wear the harness, you go in, you know, you jump in the water off the boat and the kite lifts you up there out of the water and takes you up and, and stuff. And a couple of the guys had done it. And I'm going, no, I'm not really that keen on it. I'm, even at six foot five, I'm not very good with heights. Right? And um, I comes <laughs> anyway. So we're down at the end of the dock and the guys are all going, come on, come on, fish on you go, right? And it's like these two real dodgy bastards that are like, setting us up with a harness and everything, right? And I'm going, oh, <laughs> And the other guys had done it. Steve Rothery had done it, right? And I thought, well, if Steve's managed to get it, then, you know, I should be able to get away with it. So I put this harness on in the bright sunshine, and I remember I had a really nice bracelet on, and um, and it was like I kind of got her tied up. But I was this feeling confident, you know? And uh, so basically it was a case of, you know, jumping in the water and blah, blah, blah. And then the boat started and uh, and it took off. And then up I went in the harness. Whoa, big flying fish up in the air, right above Antibes Harbour. And I'm looking at all the yachts and stuff that are below me and things. And I'm kind of going, this is great. The next thing, ping, one of the harnesses, one of the, the, the straps of the harness broke and I, I reacted very quickly, and I just basically grabbed the uh, the crossbar, right? 
But in doing so, when the thing went off, it basically tore it tore the bracelet right off my wrist and ripped my wrist open. <laughs> so I was bleeding, hanging on with this one hand. And like, I am not the strongest person in the world. You know, I'm not a muscle man, very stretch of imagination. And I wasn't going about, and, the, and Steve Rothery's in the back of the little motorboat down, down, down below me, right, about 40, 50 feet below me, waving at me, going, oh, and I'm going, fucking stop, beat me down, but, and I can't signal because my hands are like kind of hanging on to this thing. And then they take me down, and then it accelerates, and it takes me all the way back up again, and I can feel my arm going, oh, for God's sake. And I'm screaming at them, and rather he's laughing, going, hi, uh, I think he actually maybe knew what was going on, right? Let's get rid of the singer now. <laughs> and um, it was kind of, I'm flying above these yachts, and I wanted to let go, but there was boats below me, and I was kind of going, well, I can't get myself out of the other kind of carabinia clip, right? So I was going to have to basically crash the thing, right? Because I knew that if I let go and I went down on one hand, I could go smack bang into a yacht and it would have been definitely a dead fish in the water, right? And um, <coughs> I waited until it sank down, right? And I just let my hand go just as I was coming, where they went to the touch you gently off the water surface, just to give you a dip. And I went, fuck this, let it go, into the water, boof, crash, boof, bang, whap, right? And of course... I was fuming. And seemingly Steve and that, they, they had no idea what was going on up in the air. And uh, I got back to the dock. I was raging at these guys. And it was like, you know, was, I want my money back. <laughs> what about the bracelet? I want my money back. Right? It's, a, it's a rip off, you know. And uh, I did. I got my money back because I, I did growl a lot. <laughs> and... When I'm angry that, angry, that is when I am known amongst my troops as Haddington Bear, right? And as I've, I've told you this before, but, you know, I, you know, when I get up there, it's a rah, stage voice, close up. It's a fact we've been watching um, uh, Raised by Wolves, uh, which was incredible. Simone and I watched, watched the entire series. If you've not seen it, it's on Sky Atlantic, and it's definitely worth a gander. And it's kind of science fiction thing. It's... Um, Ridley Scott uh, is involved. I think his son actually directs it, but it's very much akin to... It's got that alien vibe on it. And I actually phoned up Mark Wilkinson because they have... There's a, there's a creature on it. Um, oh, it's not a Terminator. It's a... Ba -ba 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 -ba, I can't remember. And um, basically, she sails a bit like that, right? She goes, in, she goes up into the air and she kind of screams like a, a hawk and she has this kind of... It's sonic attack vibe. It's like she can d destroy things with her voice. And I went, that'd be great to be able to do that. Wah! Walks in a room and screams and people just explode in front of her. And I was going, that'd be really quite cool to have that. But the thing was that when she did the arms out and she was sailing through the sky, she sails through in this kind of crucifix position. And it looked just like Parley with Angels. And one of the things that Mark and I had mentioned about when we did the Velschmerz album originally, when the, the first Parley stuff came out, I'd said to Mark that, you know, it was very Prometheus-like. It's uh, the, the, the Alien Covenant kind of series, right? And it was uh, very kind of Prometheus in that it had this kind of, you know, the bald head and the, the muscle and stuff. And, of course, the woman in, in this thing, somebody's going to come up and tell him, a serb, a serb, a serb, a serb, a serb, a necromancer, that's it, necromancer, thank you very much. 
And yes, yeah, so this necromancer just looked exactly like the Parley with Angels figures that Mark had designed on the on the cover of the Parley with Angels kind of um, um, EP. At some point, he went, "Wow!" This, I don't know whether Ridley Scott's looking at us or we're looking at Ridley Scott, but it was uh, but it's a good series, and um, I love that post-apocalypse kind of let's go to another planet and get the hell out of here, but. <laughs> even even though there'd be monsters there. Right. Ivan Gresh, greetings from Malta. Yes, how you doing, Ivan? Claudia and Belia Paulus, doodling a young lady with a bottle of Codron. What's about, I don't know, Sven Spieth. Hello from Berlin, Sven. Guido Hombre Schwarzer, Bill McCleary, Ewan Woodburn, Jason Meads. Yeah, Raised by Wolves, it's really worth it. It's gripping visuals. Yeah, Tim Berman, Greeks for British Edmonds. Stuart Fenner from Bolton, the League Cup must be your boy. Yes, <laughs> maybe. Bodo Miller, hello from Karlsruhe. I hadn't checked out KSC for ages. And they were like kicking around the bottom of the the, the, the Bundesliga's five, right? And uh, he fired off my computer and he had to the Bundesliga's five. So he said, Nummer acht im Liga. It's tall, 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 tall. And there's a new fifth punter or the sixth punter von, von Erster. So it's like pretty cool. Colin John Gibson, all the best from Liverpool. Kim Taylor, hello. Uh, Andreas Dow, thank you very much, mate. And a belated happy birthday to you. Uh, Philip Manchin from South Staffordshire. Rick Gale, Craig Wells, there are Claire Misham. Can you say hi to Colin? It's our 21st anniversary today. Claire and Colin Misham. Happy 21st anniversary. Matt McGee from the Isle of Lewis, Carson Horn, Monica Wan from Wuppertal, Ian Chestnut. What's that? Oh, I don't know, it's going up, this is speeding up again. Yeah, it's been uh, another weird week. <laughs> it was, um, oh, I've got a new vape. I found one of my old vapes. I had, I had two of these and one of them broke. This is a real block. This is something that's like, this is a weapon. <laughs> it's not a vape, it's a weapon. <laughs> it's a knuckle duster. <laughs> yeah, so basically I dropped it and the top had come off it. And um, I've broken so many glasses, like on tour buses. You know, the tour buses going like that. And you put your vape on the top of the shiny top table and then you just see it go shh, bing. And the next thing it hits off one of the metal frames and the number of times I've been cleaning up glass at two o'clock in the morning. Right? It's a bit bloody vicious. Sounds like a rattlesnake going off this one. Yes. And I know you're all going to go up and say, you know, stop doing it. It's like, I do it because I'm here and I'm stuck and I've got nothing else to do. Oh. Ian Chestnut. Hello, mate. Port of Ogie in Northern Ireland. Da-da-da. Uh, Hello from Belfast, Mary Miller. Laurie, farewell, good evening. Sorry I'm late. Felt it only right to be sociable with my beautiful wife and eat together for the first time since Fish and Friday started. That's cool. Yeah, was, here we are. It's like series three. Sorry, series three. Level three. <laughs> Level three lockdown. Yeah, it was... Um, East Lothian went up to, to tier three. And... Um, and I had to go out and do shopping and Simona went for, uh, she had her first 
back massage for years today. So I set something up for her so that, because I've been seeing a, a wee lady and she's been doing some, uh, this fascia uh, massage, which seems to be working. It's, it's okay. It's, um, it was, I was told uh, that it was going to take three or four goes to get things kind of in a working order. <laughs> As I said, I went for the massage, the last, like a massage, not the, not the fascia massage, but a proper sports massage. And she said, it's going to be an hour on each leg or on each limb. So I was in the other day for the fascia and it's, it's helped. But and the, and the other day I decided that I was going to buy myself a proper seat because this one is shite. Right? It's rubbish. It's a, it's got no lumbar support. So I bought a, a new seat that's got the support and, and things, which hopefully will make it a little bit easier because if I spend too long, I've, I've got to get up and walk about every 40 minutes an hour if I'm on the computer because it's like my back is killing me. My whole body just seizes up. And, um, so anyway, so I bought a new sports chair. Well, a sports chair! <laughs> sports chair! Yeah, it trains me. I'm going to be fit as a fiddle by the time I sit in this chair for ages. <laughs> That's the way to do it. What a great idea. A chair where you can sit on it for eight hours and lose weight. Right? Oh, dream. Ray Rooks, fish from Ballamore. Maryland, USA, hello. But for, is hockey popular in Scotland? Not in my part. Sally Karagosh from Istanbul, David Bell, Niagara Falls, Ontario. Uh, Rapsat from Santiago, Chile. Wow, bad and bad up there. Torsten Nitzke. There's a Russian name there I cannot pronounce. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, mental. But so, someone went for a, a massage right, the, today, and I had an hour, and it was only, the, the massage was at McMary's, so I, I said, I'll go and do the shopping, right? And when East Lothian went up to uh, Tier 3, it was um, the three areas where it was prevalent was like Trinent, uh, Musselburgh and Preston Pans. That was seemingly where there was, there was, like, there was about 39 cases in Trinent last week. And I've got to go Trinent and, and to, to Aldi, Aldi's, right? <laughs> so I've got to go to Aldi's. And I'm going, Christ, this is like going to be like going into Mordor, right? So I went, okay, so I'm like, I'm gelled up to hell, right? Double masked, everything, right? My bonnet on, you know, right? Peaked down, just my eyes with the glasses. So, like, you know, I'm like, you know. And I, I felt like, you know, it was like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> was like, I just wanted to go, go to the other dimension and walk through it. We go, avoiding the Nazgulls. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted to be completely invisible. But it was great. I found a frozen goose, right? which we're, we're going to be having uh, probably on Monday. So uh, a frozen goose, but I found these massive bottles of wine. I'll show you later. They're great. They're, they're like, it's two bottles of wine in one, right? And it was really good. It was a good deal, right? Marlborough, uh, a, a Sauvignon Marlborough, Marlborough, cloudy beer, whatever it is, right? And it's like, it's a huge bottle. So when any time somebody goes to you, like, you know, the much you have to drink, I was like, we just did one bottle. You know, it's great, huge ones, right? And it was, uh, and they're, they're, it's quite good. So I had one before I came on here. This is alcohol free. But it's the holidays. Yeah, for those of you um, who haven't seen this um, already, but on Facebook uh, and it's on the website, the shop is going to be closed. The mail order outlet is going to be closed from Sunday at 12 o'clock. I've decided that my wife 
really needs a break, a proper one. So we're taking two weeks away. We're not answering any emails. We're not dealing with any inquiries, nothing. It is closed down, it is shut, it is switched off. She's banned from the office for two weeks. Um, the thing is, it's like Simona, you as I said, you know, the week's not been easy. And um, Simona was in at the, uh, the Royal, the Royal Hospital in Edinburgh on Wednesday. And she was getting a CTU scan on her head, which we don't have the results of yet. But as we've not heard anything back after a couple of days, we're figuring that there's nothing horrible being found. But our fingers are crossed and I'm hugging wood, you know, because my lovely wife, she's still been having sore heads for all the last days. And she's got all the side effects of concussion and, you know, from mood swings to forgetfulness and all the rest of it. So I'm trying to just basically put her in cotton wool. So there's two weeks over Christmas. I do Christmas dinner and stuff and that's kind of my thing, you know. And um, I'm trying to take as much of a load off her as possible because she needs it. She's been... This year, Simone has been on a huge, huge learning curve. Massive learning curve. And then dealing with the the launch and the pre-order and um, the whole Weltschmerz kind of sales thing. She's been amazing. And I've got to pull her out of the office most nights because she's... I've got to answer this email, I've got to answer emails, got to answer emails. It's like, leave it, walk away, walk away. And of course, we're having the concussion, you know, she's been, she gets to the point where she gets overloaded and, you know, and it's, it's not helpful. And uh, so we had, she had the scan on the Wednesday, which was kind of weird. It was the first time I've ever been in a hospital where the appointment was at nine o'clock uh, in the morning. And we left Harrington, we left the studio at eight, got there at half past eight. We, we got into the sick kids where the scanners and everything are nowadays. And um, she was in the scanner at 22 and out by 10-2 and at 5-2 we were in the car. We were actually sitting in the car on the way home before the appointment was even scheduled. And I'd anticipated, you know, it, us being there for quite a while, but it was... Uh, but she was great. She didn't want to go in the MRI scanner. She didn't want to go in the tunnel. Didn't want to go in the tunnel. Even though I said, I'll give you a really good copy of Grace of God to play in the headphones, right? So you can like get into the whole scanner thing, right? Yeah. It's, um, we might have to get one in the cabin. <laughs> the way this family's gone, we've got a road MRI scanner in the cabin, right? But uh, we don't know the results, as I said, for two weeks. And, uh, and today, you know, she went for the massage as I went uh, down to, I, I did my Mordor visit. Uh, I, love, I love Trinette, by the way, but it's like nothing to get Trinette, but it's just at this moment in time, when you go into areas that are like, that you know there are high infection, you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, she feels good for the massage. She said she doesn't want to talk too much tonight, but you will hear her. I'm in the control room just now because I give her a chance to sit in front of the fire, watch a bit of TV, but I think she actually watches the, um, the Fish and Friday through there. <laughs> but, so, but she'll have a word with yesterday. I know what's happened tonight with the food, so, but you'll, she'll tell you, she'll tell you. Barry Kappa, which supermarket does the big bottles of wine? It's Aldi's, Aldi's, they're massive, they're about 11 quid, right? Tom Bombadil, bravo, padlock the office door. Yes, it will happen. It's, I really can't have it. It's, it's like, you've got no idea 
how dedicated she is to dealing with the issues that come at her. Right? I mean, she goes out her way and beyond that and beyond that to actually make things happen. And it's, um, and every day, you know, I mean, every day it's like, if there's 136 orders done, I know that at four o'clock there will be 136 orders in, in the Royal Mail sacks out. She does it, just bam, bam, bam. Saturdays, as in tomorrow, it's, we, we do this now, we, we actually stop, and I do this myself on a Saturday now, and it's become a nice ritual. The fact that like, Saturday is the day we just sleep in, mum gets her breakfast late, she gets her breakfast about 10 o'clock in the morning, and more often than not, it's like, if I get up and do it, or someone gets up, we go back to bed and sleep till 11, 12. And then we have the football at three, tomorrow Hibs, Dundee United, and because we're season ticket holders, we get the live feed. You know, so three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon is football. Just like we want to do, if we could go into Easter Road and meet all our friends there, it would be wonderful. And as some people I'm really looking forward to seeing again at Easter Road, uh, like, you know, that little crowd that sits around you in the stand and you get to know them over the years. But, you know, you just meet at the, the game. And I kind of miss it, you know? And, um, and I miss the whole experience of, you know, going in and, you know, the drive-in and, listening to off the ball on on the radio and parking up outside you know the Sainsbury's and walk, doing walk into the stadium coming out at night and then I'll, I miss all that it was it's, it's something that someone I love to do is just to go at the football together so now nowadays it's Saturday and and beam on and we sit and watch the match and I've seen more Hibs matches I've said this before I've seen more Hibs matches this year than I've ever seen and I'm more than happy to go on to Hamilton Aki's site or the Motherwell site or, or whatever and, and basically, you know, punt my money at them. And, um, you know, I'm trying to help out the Scottish clubs, you know. So uh, it's been, f you know, anyway. So Saturday's football day. And then Sunday we've got Hearts against Celtic. That'll be an interesting Scottish Cup final. So uh, I don't want to say any more about that because it'll rage all the Jambos that are watching. But having um, been beat by them in the, the semi-final, it was a uh, um, favourite green white, I'm afraid. <laughs> My mum goes crazy, because it's like, well, she doesn't go crazy. She frowns upon my disparaging comments about the Jambos, right? And she thinks, it's another Edinburgh club, right? And it's, uh, and it's like, my dad didn't think that. My dad didn't think like that at all. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, sometimes I have to remind her. It's like, you know, where the, the family allegiances, you know, kind of lie. And, Mum, remember this. But, uh, but yeah, so Sunday's Scottish Cup final. Hopefully, I'm going to get this garden arch and a gate up. Uh, the guy's supposed to be here this weekend, and I hope he is, but I've said it has to be done before Christmas because we want to get... There's a little arch built, there's a little arch that we bought that needs to be sunk in the ground, concreted in, and a little gate. And uh, and that seals off the kind of, the studio to some extent. It'll be the first time ever that the perimeter is basically secure. And it means that when Tara can come down with her dog Dexter, who I love, <laughs> Simone and I love Dexter. And it means that when Dexter comes down, he can run about and we don't have to worry about him 
you know, jumping off and running away into the fields, chasing deer and stuff. And we've got a map, it's great. In the morning, when we get up these days, it's like when we open up the curtains, we've got a kind of strawberry bed. And it's we because of the rabbits, we had to kind of fence it off and put big posts in, or rab put big posts in. And uh, you wake up in the morning, we've got a, a whole family of pheasants that are living outside in the garden. And I can't show you because it's dark, right? Unless I switch Fish and Friday to, to 12 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, you know, we ain't going to see nothing here for a while. But when you look at the window, we've got this date thing with the Peter Pan pond, which you can see on Funny Farm Kitchen Garden photographs. And then this is where the, the dike is. It's Simona's herb garden, right? And at the back of that, there's this, the strawberry beds. And we wake up in the morning and you'll find three pheasants perched on the posts, right? Or the, the, the strawberry beds looking out. And we can, there's partridge. There's a little part, a partridge family, really. I wish they could sing it, it would be great, you know. But um, the partridge family live in the, kind of behind the Peter Pan pond, right? And there's, there's wee rabbits kicking about there, which is why all the herbs are all kind of fenced off in chicken wire 365 days a year because of those wee bastards, right? But it's great with this family pheasants. And, and Liam was saying the other day, he said, what he really loves about here is like there's just so much wildlife around. And um, we just let them go. You know, it's just, there are sometimes <laughs> hunter gatherer and me kind of goes like, it just takes an air gun and like it's pheasant for dinner, right? <laughs> but I can't. So it's like I can't. I'm not. Can't kill the animals at the funny farm. So the funny farm animals run about like crazy, right? And uh, it's like I give Simona a wee with one of them donkeys, you know. Hey, we're not going to give them two quid for a two quid a month for a donkey. Let's get three or four of them here, and they can eat the apples. Oh, Laurie Fairweather, one the Arabs, Dungy United, yeah, yeah. You had to put Dungy United after you wrote the Arabs because it was <laughs> in an international forum when you say, "Come on, the Arabs," that could take on a completely different meaning. Dungy United are called the Arabs, right? Because way back in the seventies, their pitch was so bad and so muddy. Right, they had to put sand down on on the pitch all the time, and that was why they became known as the Arabs because it was like it was it was they were playing on sand. It was like a volleyball pitch. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, up the Arabs from James and Thurso, James Moody, hello, Bob Falker, Marcus in Germany, including Aldi, Penny Mark, Neto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin Dry, come on the buddies. What a result for him. The Jers the other day. Oh, I I, I, I get premium. I actually subscribed to Premier because it was it's covering the League Cup, and you know I I got it for a previous match and kind of I forgot about it and I meant to cancel the subscription and I forgot, and then Hibs were playing the other day against Alloa who were brilliant, Alloa I mean it was like so well organised I was really worried, and when they went one 0 up I went we're never going to break this this wall. Right, that they created. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't so much as parking the bus. It was parking a fleet of buses, but very organised, you know. And um, and they were great. And uh, we beat them two one. And we're now in the semi finals against St Johnston, who are no mean team. And St Mirren, the other night, I, I went. Oh, I'll just check on Premier and see what the, the Rangers score is. And um, I put it up, and then it was it was like. Um, 
suddenly it was like two one two one St Mirren and Rangers equalised. And then within the space of like five, ten minutes, the game completely changed and St Mirren scored in at the end. It was like, what? So we now we have this weird League Cup set up where we've got Hibson Johnston, St Mirren against Livingston, right? Where, you know, it's just mental at the moment. And the fact that the Scottish Cup final, for me, is getting played on Sunday, right? It's a bit surreal, you know, but... Clarence Vaney, yeah, I know you're a, you're a Saints boy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is a big Hibs fan. I'll, I better not go into about football because it's like you know Americans don't like it. Fish family pheasants. That's like a tongue twister. Fish family pheasants. David Downey, off the balls of Fab Show. Have you ever been invited on as a guest? Yeah, I've been on. I've been on off ball a couple of times. Where um, what was it? Um. I've been asked back and they wanted me to come on the 20th and they wanted me to come on the 27th and it's film, it's in Glasgow and it's a long trek through and as much of a love, Tam and Stuart, you are the two presenters. It's, um, and I love their company. It's like to go all the way through Glasgow and, you know, I'm really trying hard not to go out. You know, there's one thing going, uh, you know, Aldi's for huge bottles of wine, you know, through into an end. But there's another thing going away way through to Glasgow. And then, yes, there'll be social distancing, but... <sighs> I've kind of gone into this... There's a bit of a siege mentality come about, you know, in, in, in this year, you know. And, you know, we've become... I would, we're not agoraphobic, but, I mean, you know, we just don't go out. You know, we don't want to go out. I mean, as I said, I mean, going to get... The, Baxter and stuff is another thing. Uh, Rosemary Jessup, the Patrick family family can sing. They had a TV show. Yes, I know they had a TV show. And I used to drool over the... When I was a young kid, when I was about 11, 12 year old, I used to drool over the long-haired girl that was in the Parrish family. Uh, Tommy Frank, don't forget Eddie Carl, Lidl and Spa. Yeah, but we don't have them near us. Chris Collette, you also need a licence for an air rifle in Scotland. Yes, and I have one. Oh. <laughs> Ed Solman, are you Bob Harris's love child? I just let it go. It's Christmas, you know, so I'm, I'm just letting it go, just to give you that Santa Claus kind of feeling, you know, just to give you the beers, you know, look at that. You just want to touch it, don't you? And touch it with a wee man. Don't touch Santa's beard, son. Get off his knee. Uh, Andres Dow, football is drech. It's drech. Uh, oh, I've got to move it down. I'm... Tom Arcuri from Syracuse, New York. Happy holidays. Thank you very much, Tom. The same back to you. Claude Popvin. Hibs are having a great year. Yes, we're having a really good year and I'm enjoying watching them. And Jack Ross is doing a great job as our manager and it's the usual story. You know, as soon as, like, you know... Um, Neil Lennon, who's a manager I admire and who did a great job at Hibs, and for various reasons, the relationship didn't work, moved to Celtic. And now Celtic are kind of questioning Neil Lennon. And now they're looking at our manager. And it's like, it's the usual kind of shit we have to put up with because we're kind of like a wee team. We're not Hibs, we're not Celtic Rangers. And when people come knocking on the door, it's very hard when they pull out a wallet or a checkbook, you know, when you're a small club, especially at this time, 
you know, not to entertain it. And I'm just hoping that Jack Ross stays with us. And it's like Neil Lennon has got to deliver on Sunday. And well, it's not so much Neil Lennon, but Neil Lennon and Celtic. I've, I've got a lot of pressure on to deliver. There isn't the, the same pressure on Hearts. Hearts would love to do it just to give the single finger up to the Scottish League for putting them down a division. But like, so be it. It's, it's too local, too parochial. Let's move on. Uh, Stephen McLean, what's your most hated Christmas song? The one that busts your head every year. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Actually, I was down I was down in, in Tesco's. As the supermarkets I have visited. That's all I do. Tesco's, Co-op, Lidl, Aldi's, right? That's what I do. We don't go anywhere else, right? You just go to supermarkets. Supermarkets I have visited. And the other day in Tesco's, it was like, it was like somebody had got out some somebody decided to like you know spark up the Christmas tapes, <laughs> and it was like, and it kind of it, it didn't just go click on and then you had a flow. It was like went off and then it kind of started up again. And I just load them, and I, I just find it an assault in my ears. I mean the songs. I mean my favourite one is is, is Greg Lake's. Um, uh, do you believe in Father Christmas? That's my, that's my favourite one. I think there's a bit of class to that song. It's got a fantastic lyric, and it's got a kind of twist it, right? Cliff Richard, nah, right? Uh, Slade and Wizard, the songs, they're great songs, you know. And the guys, like you know, Roy and Noddy, they must be going. It's Christmas. <laughs> Gene <laughs> PRS, here we go. But no, I don't let. And I did, 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 I hate that one. I hate them all. No, it's it's just I don't know. And it's it's it's. It's, I always feel like it's this kind of forced jollity. You know, it's like, you will be happy, it's Christmas. Listen to the music, feel happy, you know. I don't, oh no. <coughs> John Smith, yes, we have siege mentality. I think it comes when we really have to isolate for health reasons. Oh, I've lost you. I've got to come down. Stephen... Stephen Gill filling, yes. Red, happy Christmas from Liverpool. Lisa Wynn. Hi, uh, Phil Knight. Dave McElroy. <laughs> White Christmas. Oh, yeah. I just read this week. It's like Edinburgh is the favourite for having a White Christmas this year. Wasn't that good? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're 2-1. to one. The odds are 2-1 to one on, on Edinburgh having snow this year. Whether it comes down to East Lothian, from Middle Lothian, I don't know. But... Fingers crossed. Because Liam has never seen, he's never had a white Christmas here. And he always thought, when he moved across to Scotland, he thought he would be kind of 10 feet under snow getting chased by wolves and bears, you know, when he came across to Germany. And he was quite surprised. <coughs> so I'm hoping it's going to be a white Christmas just for Liam's sake. And my daughter, she had... <laughs> I heard... Uh, Dexter the dog, right? My daughter got up at six o'clock in the morning. I don't know what's happened to my daughter in the last year, right? She's got really into gardening. She's become a fanatic with houseplants, right? 
She's got all sorts of things going that I never, ever thought my daughter Tyler would ever get into, right? And, uh, and she was up at like five, five, six in the morning with a dog because the dog had never seen snow and she wanted to take the dog out. And it was like, she's running about in the snow. I love it. It's great. She's brilliant. Oh, Roddy McLeod, he played the hush with Deep Purple in the checkout. Brilliant. Yeah. Why are you whining in the sun is the best Christmas song. Oh, Andy McIntosh, don't get you that one. I don't know that one. December will be magic again, Kate Bush. Right. Fairy Tale in New York, Greg Halo. Now there's a weird one. And this kind of, in fact, there's a great thing. What a, what a combination. What a lead, what a link. Fairytale New York, I think is brilliant, right? And I found it quite disturbing that it's been banned and everybody wants to change it because of certain lyrics. And... Ah, it's a real dilemma. I mean, I've, I've visited this before regarding perception of Johnny Potter and some of my other stuff. I mean, even, you know, to the extent where, you know, this party's over, you know, we had to change the word bullshit, right? Or we had to bleep it out rather than change it, right? And Fairy Tale New York, Pogs and um, Kirsty McCall, that is just a brilliant song. And it is a brilliant lyric. And it's like, for that time, it's just perfect, you know? And, of course, everybody frowns upon it now, and I don't know where this is all going to go. Right? But, I mean, uh, Fairy Tale New York, I loved, I mean, the original when it came out. But one of the th reasons I've, I found out was Fairy Tale New York was always done by Mostly Autumn. They used to have this little Christmas thing down in, in, in York. And um, it was down at the Real, the, the Real Wee Workers Club, or the Real Women's Club. It was just at the back of York Station. And they used to do this thing every year and Heather used to get up, Heather Finlay used to get up and, and sing, you know, the, the Kirsty McCall part and stuff and did a, a pretty good imitation and stuff. And it was, um, and I was kind of, it became a favourite for a while. But I'm saying the Fairy Tale New York thing was what I remember. And the first time I heard them ever play it was, it'd be the Christmas of 2006. And this is leading completely into the song that has been chosen by you this week, which is Dark Star, which does open up a particularly awkward Pandora's box in a way, but fuck it, I'll deal with it. Right. Right. I'd been on my own for quite a while and bouncing about. I wasn't really interested in going out with anybody and I'd just done Weakest Link and won it, right? And I'd been invited down to uh, to present the awards at the Classic Rock uh, Society. Not the Classic Rock thing, but the Classic Rock Society, which was in, was it Rotherham, if you remember? And it was in a kind of school in Rotherham. And they'd been asking me, asking me to go down there for ages, right? And uh, I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And I took Tara down with me. And the thing was that um, 
before the show, before the Classic Rock Awards thing, the show was out for Weakest Link, and it was great. So Tara and I were basically met up in my hotel room, and the two of us sat and watched the 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 show, and I won it, and it was great. It was like, yeah, I've been on national TV and won the show, wow. And um, we kind of we came out. And we went to Classic Rock Society, I had a great time, met a lot of guys I hadn't seen for ages, Dave Cousins for the Strobs, and uh, there was a couple other really happening people there. And uh, and it was, um, was that picking up an award that year? I can't even remember. Right? But anyway, we had a few bevies, and we were kicking around, and there was a blonde girl, and I was like, I went, wow, she looks really cute. And da, da, da. And, Tara, and Tara, my daughter, right? And I would never let her forget forget this, right? She said, you want to go and talk to her, Dad? You want to go and talk to her, right? So anyway, I went up and talked to Heather Finlay, who prefers to be called Finlay, and we will refer to as such from now on. But it was like, but Finlay was like, kind of there. And uh, we hit it off. And it was like, you know, okay, change phone numbers and lets me up. And I'm thinking, you know, she's a little bit young for me and all the rest of it. And Tara's going, oh, yeah, great, 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 right? So, we, like I said, we changed numbers and that was it, you know, let's be up. And I went back and we, we talked on the phone a couple of times and she said that they were doing this thing in York. And uh, why don't you come down? So I got the train, went down to York, stayed in a hotel. And uh, it was, um, I think I sang Kayleigh were mostly autumn. Uh, this tiny little gig in the, the Real Women's Club. And I went back to the hotel and Heather came back and stuff and it was kind of nice night, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and we kind of hit it off and it was great. And we carried on seeing each other and let's just zip forward, right? And I um, fell in love. I mean, yes, I was in love and, you know, it was mutual and everything was moving forward. And um, we basically got to the end uh, that year and it wasn't going well at all. And for various reasons, I don't really want to go into because they're, they're personal on both sides, right? But we split and it was... <sighs> It was pretty acrimonious because I kind of bounced out and met somebody that was just a friend for a few weeks. And it was I was a very confused dude back then. It was like, I didn't know. I was at that time in my life where I wasn't sure what I really wanted and et cetera, et cetera. And um, we split up all the way through the Christmas. And... I decided that I wanted to try it again. And I went back and offered what was the crux of the problem. It was the compromise. It was like, okay, I'll do what you want. And we got back together again at this little cottage. Well, we saw each other at this little cottage where mostly autumn were rehearsing. And it was a great place. It was down in, in, in the Lake District. And uh, I said, so I can't remember the exact place. It was quite a, a well-known um, touristy joint place. And I went down for the weekend and we got it back together again and all the band were really happy and everybody was really happy and Fishy's got out with Finlay again and blah, blah, blah. And it's all da-da-da. And uh, it was wonderful. 
But during that time when they were rehearsing, I didn't want to be sitting about like a spare part in the in the rehearsal room. So I went off and I was kind of um, I did some driving and I was I was starting to write the the next album and um, so I was taking notes and I remember I went down to this ferry across one of the lakes. It could have been Coniston or something like that, and. I was sitting waiting on the ferry coming across and I was sitting in this kind of lay-by and that was when I wrote the original lines, which was, well, you know, I'm just a dark star inhabiting a silent void, spinning in the darkness, orbiting a universe, you know. That kind of section was the first part that I wrote for Dark Star, right? And I wasn't really sure then what I was really writing about. I think it was kind of how I felt, you know, I was in a very strange position in my life at that point and was I a family man was I a kind of rock singer was I I didn't know what I was right and I needed to kind of anchor down I felt <coughs> that I needed to anchor myself down and like I said I remember sitting in that car park and just writing you know coming up for the whole thing dark star which I knew obviously was you know the film the 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 the, the 1970s film and i was aware of that history and the thing that happened was that philly and i got back together again i proposed at the mickle gate which as i mentioned before in zoe 25 kind of happened and she kind of moved up here and the whole thing was gonna she moved what belongings she had up here and it was all set and the wedding was all getting prepared and blah, 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 blah. As I said, you know, let's zip the story. But um, one night we had an immense argument. And um, there's a lot of urban myth about what went on and I'm not going to go into that. Um, but I know my side. And this was kind of like where the song was. And what happened was that she walked out and on the night we had the big argument, a massive argument. And the next morning it was like woke up and we were, we'd both had a, a skin full that night. And I woke up in the morning, it was like my brother's picking me up in 40 minutes. And I said, I'm going and I'm going, <laughs> going. And uh, she told me the night before that, you know, that was it, the wedding was off. And I just thought it was just a case of, you know, a lot of wine and just you know bad timing if you know what i mean and uh it wasn't and her brother came up and picked her up and uh she dived off and in the morning it was it was kind of it was it just happened so fast it was like you know our brother happened to be 40 minutes down the road and you know he suddenly came up and and picked her up and it was out the door and it's like there's the ring you know don't want you to tell me that you know i took your ring away from you and dived off and i was like what and um and I remember walking out into the, I remember walking out in my dressing gown into the into the, the orchard area, the back lawn. And the one thing that Finley had that used to really irritate me was like, you know, she was really into fairies. It was everything had to be fairies, right? And it was um, when she had her, her, her birthday, it was uh, all her friends gave her fairies. And when she moved up here, she brought all the fairies, right? And they were all around the garden. Right? And I've never really been a fairy kind of person, you know. 
you know, I've got a couple of ugly gnomes, but I mean, um, the fairies were, and f there was one in particular were, were the wings, just like the, you know, the the wolves, raised by wolves thing. You know, maybe that's all part of the angel thing. <laughs> and I remember being very hungover and I remember picking up this fairy in the garden, right? And just launching it across the big hedge. I just launched it. And that feeling of release was incredible. And the fairy sailed this little clay garden fairy thing, flew over the hedge and I must have hit something very hard, right? And very metallic because I heard this thing explode and the sense of satisfaction that came over me, right? was immense and that was kind of where it was pinned and the thing was with with 13 star right i'd been writing f through all that period so i was i was i started writing like i said you know probably in kind of december november december of the previous year into the kind of when we got engaged at the, the mickle gate and was writing all the way through but I hadn't really got it together and Steve and I were piecing it and I was I had bits and pieces of things and um when Finley left it just basically detonated and the entire focus of the album swung and it went from being an album about miscellaneous things to being really focused on really infected by the whole thing and Steve Vances was doing a lot of work. He was doing all the work in the control room. And he was giving me CDs that I took out to the greenhouse outside. And I would sit out in the greenhouse and I'd start putting the lyrics down. And that, in the Farquhar Corner moment, is kind of like, a, it was a song where I was writing things to the music, right? And I talked to Steve, Steve Vances this afternoon about this because we were talking about some other stuff. And I was I said Dark Star is the song that's that's been that's been chosen tonight. And um he said, Yeah, he said, I remember that. He said that was singer's glue, right? He said, um and I forgot. It was like Dark Star was two completely separate songs that we were working on that Steve had complete ideas for, or musical ideas, right? And I had this I wanna be a dark star, a big and there was the other bit. And I said, well, why don't we join them together? Why don't we see if they work together because of the dynamic, you know, because it's such an oblique kind of like jump off, you know, and it's, it's, it's just such an incredible dynamic that let's try it. And it worked, right? And um, the first part became all about that kind of morning and, you know, and everything that was, that was written in that lyric happened, everything, right? And... But I, I didn't want it to be a kind of diatribe against my now ex. And I wanted to try and strike some sort of balance. And in the the middle section, I wanted a kind of... Um, uh, in the middle section, I wanted a kind of... like a, 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 I wanted to kind of pin an argument. You know, I wanted to kind of have a both sides of the story thing going on. And... It was suggested we did. I did think about actually having a female part, right? But it made it too obvious, you know. And 
what I wanted to try and kind of portray, believe it or not, was actually kind of like a, a kind of balance of an argument. So it was like, there's, it was, you could put the lines in the male or the female part, right? So when the, the lines were crisscrossing, having two male vocals, it was like an inner discussion, you know, it was having a discussion inside your head about the relationship. And I wanted to do that because I didn't want it to be poisonous. I didn't want it to be an arrow. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that I put across what I wanted to put across. And, uh, and it was... Um, and it was interesting because Chris Johnson had to come out and do it. Chris Johnson, who used to play with Mostly Arm. We had a, a really strange cross-pollination thing that was happening during that time because... Chris Johnson, who was the guitarist who mostly on, was playing with me. Gavin Griffiths, who was who was drums, was playing with, with mostly on. There was a kind of strange thing going on, and um, and um, when it came down to putting this this track together, you know, I, I really wanted to kind of make my feelings felt. As I said, there was a lot of urban myth, some of which I got really, really fucking angry about at the time. Right? Because there was a load of, I think because we both had very polarised fans, you know, people saw single reasons, you know, and there was obvious taint, there was obvious um, bias in some of the reactions, which, you know, I accept everybody's entitled to opinions, you know. And um, and that was kind of what I led into that section, that cross section, where the, the answer and vocal section, you know, you know, Finley did pictures, I did words, right? That was the one thing where it was, you know, that's a diametrically opposed bit, right? And um, but the, I, I just felt that I was, I, you know, I'm a dark star, and I, you know, that's what I was kind of portrayed as. I mean, I was a very kind of, uh, a very dark person, as some people thought about me, which I'm not. I can be very, very dark, right? As you've seen, but that tends to show in lyrics more than anything else. But I mean, that was the whole thing. It was like, I, I wanted to be a meteor. I wanted to get out of that thing. I wanted to get away, you know, and it was like, this was too big. And, you know, and I, I was carrying a lot in my life at that point as well. I mean, I was carrying a lot of baggage. And, you know, I think um, that affected me a lot. It was, it was baggage you can never get rid of. And, and it was baggage that I don't, you know, you know, in, in, in every one of my relationships, you know, my life has been publicly scripted in so many places and so many interviews that, you know, you can't just say, well, it never happened. You know, yeah, that happened. You know, like I said, 13 Star happened, you know. And Simone and I have had, you know, discussions about this and that, you know, well, you know, these things kind of propelled me forward and these kind of things made me what I am, right? And I think especially with, especially with regards to relationships, what I learned between... Um, you know, from from two thousand and one up to the point where you know when I met Simona, it was so beneficial, as some people have pointed out in mails they've sent. Yes, you learn from everything. You always learn. You always learn. But it made you know I learned from it, and I was grateful that I went through it because you know it was um, I understood a lot more about myself after you know all that stuff. And Dark Star was kind of where I saw myself at that time. But Steve and I were working on this thing, putting it together, and when we put the singer's glue in between the two parts, it made it. And Steve's bass line, he didn't want to do it. That, you know, that big, heavy-duty bass line. I said, you have to do it. You know, It's got to go out with that kind of thing. And it was kind of based on, right? It was the, the, um, the Gabriel Bush thing. 
when there's that amazing uh, bass line, which I think is Giblin, John Giblin, I think so. But do, 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 you know, and I said, you gotta do it. And he was really, no, 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 it's too much. I'm too much, too much to the front. I want to, I want to stay in the back. Do it. And it became signature. And I loved it on stage. And I loved when he came up. Because you could feel him. You could feel the power in Steve when he went up to play it. Because obviously he was involved with the whole Finlay thing as well. I mean, you know, being, you know, kind of my best mate, right? He was kind of, he was involved in the whole Finlay thing. So he was like up close and, and you know knew everything that was going on. So his kind of feelings about the whole subject because he wasn't a happy guy. Because the other thing that came into the whole mix was that Finley left me before we started the album. Weeks, like a matter of a couple of weeks before it happened. And when she decided to come and pick up her stuff, when she decided to come up and pick up her stuff, she popped up in a van which was driven by Judge, who's a great friend of mine, who I'd, I'd come to know through my association with Mostly Autumn. And he's somebody I really respect and I love the guy dearly and we're still in touch to this day. There's a, there's a few people, you know, from there that, you know, I'm still very good friends with. And um, Judge came up with a van and he was in tears because he, the, whole, the whole situation, he just went, why is this happening? And nobody really understood why it's suddenly gone from being... We're about to get married to like boof bang boof wallop everything dead right and when finley came back up with a van to pick up her stuff was our first day of recording and callum was in the studio right sitting behind the control room desk and gavin was putting his drum kit together and getting set up while people are walking back and forth with boxes across the control room floor <laughs> and it was it was you know, but at that point, I was just really angry. Steve was so angry, he actually left the studio and went away for a drive for an hour because he couldn't deal with it, right? And, <laughs> and Tara, my daughter, my wonderful, beautiful daughter, right? When they left, right, Tara decided to phone up and she delivered a volley. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. She delivered a volley down the phone uh, and uh, and I sat and listened to her say it and it was, she was just brilliant. She was so, she was a father's daughter through and through. Right? And that was it. And that set the album up. And, you know, even during the recording of the album, I was still out there in the greenhouse putting lyrics together and, and still writing it. And the things took a whole different kind of, it took a whole take, different take on the album where, the album can be very romantic, very touching. At the same time, you know, there's a kind of virile in some of it. And Dark Star, I used to love singing on stage. And uh, it's just got such a brilliant vibe to it. But, I mean, as I said, I mean, you know, an open door, an empty drive, no kitchen drama, no final goodbye. You're making out, it's all my fault. You'll have to go in search of sympathy, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was a very personal lyric. And I don't regret it. I mean, people said it was perhaps the album was too personal. I don't regret it. It was something I had to get out of my system. It was an inc you've got no idea how incredibly difficult it was to sing some of those songs at that time, you know, especially the songs that were, were more that were love songs. I mean, Ark of the Curve was very different. The Theastic Star was very difficult, but it's done. It's gone. It's passed. It's dead. But the album's still there, and I still have to explain it. And I will always 
have to explain those situations, even though it can make some people feel very uncomfortable. When I write the autobiography, I will go into a lot more detail about it because it's kind of, it was, there was a lot of things happened around that time that kind of came from places and was going to places. So, uh, but we're going to go through, just read a couple of things. Borodale, just outside Keswick, 30 minutes from my house in Maple. Uh, Neil Beeston, you'll see that in a minute. Yeah. So, now I've set this up, we're now setting this up. I've got a couple of things to take through. But I mean, um, I can't go through without the pages. I've finished my ending, yeah? But that was Darkstar. And I think when the album came out, as I said, I think some people felt, felt very uncomfortable about it. There were, um, it took a lot of flack off um, from the, the mostly autumn uh, kind of, the temple of mostly autumn kind of fan base. Um, yeah, and I took a lot of hits. And yeah, so what? I don't care because I was here and I knew what was going on. I knew what happened and I knew why it all happened as well. And um and as I said, I went out on that that tour with, with, with that song, and that was at the end of that year, at the end of that tour, or as part of the tour, I met Simone and Carlsruhe for the first time, and then we spent another three years kind of satelliting each other, as I said last week before we met. But, you know, it was, um, it was a big learning curve for me. It was, it was very... You know, the way I look at it is I got a brilliant album out of it, you know? And... Um, you know, it wasn't anything cynical. It was just that's where it was. That's where my emotions were at the time. That's why I needed the catharsis. That's why I need to kind of expunge myself of a lot of feelings that were kind of kicking around. It was a very strange period of my life where I was I was really finding out what the hell I wanted, you know. And I think it was a, it was a major kind of step forward. Although I would trip up in the next year, but I tripped up and then fell and was picked up and it all came to. So, well, here we go. So I'm going to take you through. I'll show you the big book of mine. Because it's holidays, holidays. This is the thing. I said, you know, we're shutting the office down and we're shutting this, but this is what I've got to clean up. This is my target so maybe when we do the new year special maybe this will be clean that's that's the fish and friday show so i've still got to find a home but it's just a complete cluster and i hate it the feng shui in here is terrible and it's like it is like working in steptoe's yard at the moment but, um but it will come and like I said, once if the phones are off and if the emails are off, then I can concentrate on all the rest of it. And here we are. There's the pin. And there's our tree. And Simona did all that. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. And if you look at the top of it, 
at the top of a tree. It's a remnant for that time. I was given this. So there's a 13th starfish at the top of the tree. So rather than a star, it's a starfish. And these are all Simona's little things. Darren! Do you want to tell them about the tree? Here are your wee bits and pieces where they came from. It's like we, it's like we tend to keep things. Like every year there's, there's something added. So say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah. This, yeah. These were all yours. I love these glass. Yeah, things. we had that for ages. Yeah. But there are wee special things. Lots of owls. I love these little hearts. I love these wooden little bells. They're from the Christmas market in Germany. The owls, yeah. I bought this for you, the frog. Yeah. And the bear. <laughs> oh, do you see? There's many little things from... Yeah, but they're all kind of wee personal things. It's yeah. like every year something gets added. And all, yeah. Sometimes we stupid stuff rather than kind of... And they all mean things. So that when, the, you know... And the things that come from our families from, from back, you know, so it's like... Yeah. Yeah. So this, like old things, so the, the tree becomes a real family tree and it's got a wee bit more pizzazz to it. But like I said, I'm very pleased with that star up there now. <laughs> really happy with that. Pentagon. No fairies. <laughs> <laughs> There'll never be another fairy say who's this who again. So... And the fires, we put the fire on for you, so you've got the fire on. And Simone has done a little decoration thingy. So let's go see if we can get this tilted down so you can see the whole thing. Look at that. Oh, did I just press finish? No, I didn't. Did I? So there you go. Now you're going to get a horrible feedback loop. And here's the remote. The heat remote. Let the calves play. Can they? TV's on, love. Ah, oh, don't do this to me, no, now. Shots exploding the 
Dark Star from 30 Star. Yes, a couple of you have been asking about this. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to remix it. We've decided we're going to remix this album. Callum wants to do it. I'm up for doing it. Steve's up for doing it. It's all good. So, look at that. Isn't that a Christmassy feel? This, is, this should be the shot for next year. Hello and welcome to the show. Right. But yeah, it's... um. I played it for the first time. I don't, I don't play this album that much because it is a kind of, it, it's, it's because it's an album that represents a very kind of strange period and tough period and a painful period, you know, in in my life. It was, uh, I mean, I accept it all now, but I still find it difficult sometimes to listen to, it and I don't like listening to it. I mean, Simone and I were listening to the, the tracks this afternoon, and actually, Dark Star is um, Simona's favourite track on the album. And uh, she was very happy you chose it, so thank you. But, um, but as I said, sometimes the explanations kind of, you know, you're very aware, you know, I'm, I'm in a wonderful relationship, I love my wife dearly and, and all the rest of it. But as I said, you know, my baggage is there for everybody to see. And it's, um, it's you can't, you can't get away with it. I don't really want to get away with it. Dobie's 1.6 kilograms of tatties. Yeah. But saying that, you know, that's, once we'd played the track, I span in a couple of other tracks because so, um, someone who loves the Zoe 25 track as well. But I mean, there's a couple other ones, like 30 Star and and, and things. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to listen to, you know, where, where you know, where you're, you partner with the woman you love and it's uh, been songs about somebody else in another time but that was it well i have to take you through because there's a couple of things i'm going to have to read off the computer because i didn't print them off and uh a couple of people i need to mention and um traveling about family yeah that's gunter Gunter, if you're watching, that's Gunter and Gabby. That's Simona's uh, dad and his partner. The grandma stuff. Yeah, that bit. I mean, I know this, this whole COVID thing is... You know, lockdown is it so many people. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's going on about... Um, you know, kind of not seeing families. I think we understand it as well as anybody else. Because I've been tomorrow's not seen her. Yeah, we really hoped that um, someone's daughter's morning tarot might have been able to come across, and we'd hoped that you know her parents could come across, but it's impossible. And um, it's too dangerous for us. It's too dangerous for them. It's uh, and we just have to accept it. You know, it's um, it's crap. You know. I know. But yeah, this Christmas is, is, is going to be really strange. Really strange. And I need to go up to this thing. Hang on. A couple of things. Jane Wilson uh, say, wants me to say a pre-Christmas hello to hubby Mark and to say that Santa has something special up his sleeve. Later, big man. Happy Christmas. Um, Heike uh, or Terry Clements 
um, loves Velchberts and she's um, she was having to go to the hospital on Tuesday and already quite nervous about it. It's only an examination, so we'll be back home in the evening. Uh, right. It's her birthday next Thursday the 17th, which was yesterday. So happy birthday, Terry. And she says, hopefully my Fish and Friday t-shirt arrive in time to be appropriately dressed on a Friday, as you should be. <laughs> so happy birthday. Great birthday, Terry. Um, Simon Ashley, uh, heart goes out to you, mate. Lost his job on Tuesday. Needs this week's show to take my mind off the shit, even for a couple of hours. Take your mind off the shit, you know. I'm sorry, it's just crappy just now. I've heard this from a couple of people. Um, Carol Lenahan, I work on the Royal Stoke Hospital and she worked her birthday yesterday. Could you please give me a birthday message? Thanks. Happy birthday, Carol. Um, and Victoria, uh, Victoria Ludovic Harrison and Neil Harrison. My hubby, Neil Harrison, sent your parcel the day. It's an air glass. That was it. So thank you very much, Victoria. And thank you very much, Neil. It's uh, my Erdinger glass. And it's a different shape, if you see. Um, it's his 56th birthday. Today, can you give him a special mention? It's four weeks since Neil came out of hospital after contracting COVID. Can you make his day special, please? Also, I'm getting better after my frac fractured hip and pelvis. <laughs> hip and pelvis. <laughs> it's a comedy duo. Hip and pelvis. Yeah, so Neil, glad you get better, mate, and you know, Victoria, same too. Jerry Hepburn, I meant to mention you last week. Hello, mate. Hope things going well with you. Um, it's been a kind of weird time, and you know, um, I want to say I'll, I'll do this one later, but um, also Jersey and Tracy, Jersey, who lives in Jersey, Simon, um, Simon um, runs the. Uh, uh, he runs a, a kind of a shop down in, in Jersey and it's called Zen and it's a kind of holistic therapy shop and he does crystals and it's his new business and he just he just opened it up a couple of months ago and he got smacked and has just discovered that Tracy's wife has been tested positive so Tracy big hugs darling big hugs and Simon you know I hope everything kind of works out and everything goes good for you because I know you're trying you're trying to get the shop done, you're getting hit with the lockdowns, you're getting hit with this, that, this, that, the other. You're taking the punches, mate. You're a big enough guy and you can do it. I'll call you in the next few days. But I hope uh, your lady's okay and I hope you deal okay with your isolation as well. It's, um yeah, it's all nuts. It's just nuts, nuts, nuts. And there was... Where was the other one? Did I take that one through? Ah, da, 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 da. Bills, 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 bills. HMRC, you know, blah, 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 Brexit, blah, 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 Brexit. Deal with this. Yeah, so we've um, really got all these wonderful messages from HMRC. Be prepared, be prepared, plan, plan. What the fuck for? Right? So I just got to, I got uh, informed um, two, three days ago that the vinyl shipment, which is coming across in February, will now be running afoul of all the regulations and probably snarled up in trucks. And I'm supplying EORI numbers and I've got all this information coming through saying you need to do this, need to do that. You know, before it's like, okay, let's get the albums. You, you know, leave at your door. Now we're hit by realms of paperwork. And again, the irony is it's like I got told by Profact, Profact, if anybody's watching from Profact, Thank you very much for the mountain of cheese that you sent us. Thank you. It's brilliant. And the mice are very, very happy. Right? Um, I know. 
But yes, the Profact told me that um, there's going to be a load of extra charges for freight and all the rest of it for organisation, but they don't know what they are yet. So we're going to get told. So it's, uh, I'm really sorry to say that I'm not going to be able to swallow all this. So prices on the vinyls are going to have to go up. I don't even know what's going to happen, but you know we've got a load of additional costs coming in, that are, are the freight costs, and having to pay for the bureaucracy of stamping forms and everything else is getting loaded on, and I'm not happy about it one single iota, one bit. All right. So, uh, but such is the way. You know, follow the vote. You know, so let's see how it goes. But I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, I was watching the thing today, and everybody was on about, uh, um, you know, no deal and this and that, and it's like, you know, I wish they'd remember. There's a lot of small people like us out there, out there that are kind of dependent on getting things to Europe. That's how we keep we keep ourselves alive, and you know, they forget that you know. There's a lot of British musicians that do a lot of work in Europe who are going to be seriously affected next year. So rather than go away with that, well, let's just put a stop on that and see what happens at the next deadline of deadlines of deadlines. Right. Well, Fiona Stewart, hello from Pristatin. Terence Cullen, haven't seen mine for over 14 months. Good. Yeah, we are company. Jeff Kiefer, are you still in contact with Tom Pickle of, of Company North America? I heard from Tom a while back. Um, but I kind of lost contact with the Ameri the male American thing. Um, David Barris, no problem, mate. Is that a weird fish top you're wearing, Graham Bathgate? Yes, it is. I love it. I've I've always been meaning to get in touch with him. Um, and to ask him for a sponsorship. Like, I'll wear your weird fish shirts. I'll be weird fish for you. I'll be weird fish. Uh, James Smith. I think my Fish and Friday t-shirt is stuck in the snow in New York. Listen, I've got to watch what I say here. Um, uh, Royal Mail is a mess. It's a mess at the moment. Um, it was on the news today. They were showing piles and piles and piles of boxes and packages all in these sorting offices. And it's a mess. They've been completely overwhelmed. Nobody's kind of... I don't think anybody's been prepared for kind of the, the the deluge and the onslaught of online mail ordering, and it's. Um, I know in Germany they're having the, the same issue. They have a lot of problems with with UK mail in particular. Um, I've heard from a a little um, person on the in the grapevine that uh, yeah they're really struggling dealing with, with UK mail, and that's now that's before Brexit happened. You know, I mean when when that happens. Then we're in all this custom stuff that I don't even know how packages move and stuff. So, happy Christmas. So, again, you know, the shop is going to be closed for two weeks, right? We are not answering emails. So, please don't send emails and get irate or try and send emails and be irate about my package hasn't arrived. My da -da -da. There's nothing we can do. It's a complete mess out there. And we just thought rather than adding stuff and people ordering and it going getting caught and the entire crap because I know with the backlogs you know I've been told that with the backlogs they, they, they still deal with the current and then they try and move through the backlog bit by bit so we thought rather than put things into the current we'll just sit back and, and let it clear because it's uh I'm sad to see you know it, it could be a while so that's why I said you know for two weeks there's nothing we can do there's nobody we can contact everybody's on holiday so I'll just shut the shop down so we're taking the break.
John Scott, hi, first chips from Mossaburra and from my friend Gabby in Mexico. Serbian British, thanks for the fishing Friday shirt. A drum of drum, beauty, slange. Matt Atkinson, enjoyed that. There's a lot of incredibly strong pieces of music on the 30 Stan album, including that. Yeah, there is. It's a, it's a great album. Oh, I fucking kicked it again. Yeah, it's a great album. Stop. It's a, yeah, it, it was a kind of... I think it was a bit of a kind of comeback album, if, if such a thing exists. In that, or it was, I think, in, in, in media parlance, a return to form. Right. Oh. Rhea Rooks, cool man. Andy Laidlaw, flipping egg, we have some footballers here. Pierre Cech and Steve Nichol. Nah, can't be them. Well. Man, beverage, cheers for all the banner this year. A pleasure to deliver it all, you know. Like I said, next week the Christmas special. I don't know what to do. We're going to have to have a little think. Scott Beveridge, I wish I could write lyrically about my past baggage. Might be therapeutic. Might drive me mad, mind you. It is therapeutic. You know, I mean, that is part of my kind of... Part of my, the spectrum that I am on, right? I mean, it's one of the things I've discovered in the last couple of years. And... You know, part of my makeup is, is like I, I put things in the words, and by putting things in the words, it, it helps me deal with stuff. And uh, I think it helps you make sense of it all, you know. And, and you know, writing, I mean, you, you don't have to write commercially. I mean, you, you don't have to write for other people, you can just write for yourself. I mean, I think, you know, I think that's why maybe people love diaries so much in the past, and that they allowed expression that wasn't necessarily had to be listened to or heard or read by other people but just for yourself and just to think about things and analyze stuff and i've, I've found that in my life I, I, I couldn't have survived if, if i hadn't been able to write words i think i would have probably gone insane around about the age of 1920 well bob falk cut the cheese we did cut the cheese last night we had garlic cheese with these little slivers they're brilliant Right. Gotta watch the time. JC Mead, solid fuss and shambles, nobody knows anything, small businesses are screwed. Yeah. It's the same way. Everybody forgets about us wee people, you know, like we are the little guys that like it's what I said about the, 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 the just given page, which again I wanna thank you all for um anybody who's given donations and stuff and for all you who have given donations. Thank you so much. There's gonna be some happy road crew and happy musicians. You know, when I start um, moving this stuff out to them in, 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 at the beginning of the year. it's uh, It's been great. The Just Given page. Some people have gone, I can't give 20 quid. Because the Just Given page comes up as £20 default, right? It, it looks like £20 default. But you can put in whatever you want. A quid, 50 pence. As I said on, on my post on the Facebook pages, many a mickle, max a muckle, right? Which is Scottish. Many a mickle, max a muckle. Which means... Many a small thing together makes a big thing. And as I said, there's been 34,000 views on YouTube. And, you know, if everybody, you know, gave 50 pence, you know, there's 15 grand for a kickoff, right? And it's wonderful. We've, we've raised, we've raised, or you have raised, you have raised, you know, over, just over 20 grand for this. And it's fantastic. And, um, and the reaction to the Lemon Tree gig has been amazing. I mean, uh, something I was very nervous about and I was a little bit kind of, whoa, this could, you know, backfire in that, oh, 
Oh, that's shit. And it's, it's worthwhile. And you're liking it. And that's what we want to get back to next year. Right? It's driving me nuts. Joe Irvin, Simona deserves a holiday anyway. Absolutely. You know, I said, you know, Simona was in on, on Wednesday and she had to get a CTU scan. And she's got concussion. She has, she's mild concussion. And she's dealing with all this stuff. And I think for her to have two weeks off is a very good thing at this point because it's been a very stressful year for her, you know. But we were in the sick kids hospital for the, the scan and it was an incredible place. The first time I've ever been in the new sick kids hospital, the Royal. Amazing. And I wasn't actually sure if it was open because there was all these, um, it had been kept shut, but I think it was something to do with air conditioning and, 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 and viruses and cleanliness and stuff. And uh, to do with specs and, and engineering specs right at the beginning it was built. But we went in there and it looked like an incredibly posh hotel. It was like something you imagine out of kind of Las Vegas or like something in Dubai or whatever. And it was, it's a beautiful building. And, you know, going through it was really strange and, and going into all the, the, the scans and things. It was, uh, the, the, the scanning department was just, it was wild. So when I was there Wednesday and on Monday I was in, I was in the Western General. And I was in the Western General getting the pre-op for the op that's supposed to happen sometime in, in, in January and possibly January, possibly February. And just in the, the run of things, the way it's gone, if that UK tour had been booked in for February and I was going through what I'm going through at the moment, the tour might not have happened just because of the basic surgical issues that I've got to go through. Because... After the surgery, I will not physically be able to sing for probably a couple of months because of strains, right? So, so yeah, so, I mean, even, even my COVID, I mean, the COVID's actually proven a blessing. And this is the way I work things. It's like, you know, if something doesn't happen, there's a reason why it doesn't happen and there's something else that will come along. And as I said, I mean, you know, the February tour, if I'd gone out on the February tour, where in my current condition, it could have been not nice and uh it could have been quite ugly in fact so like i said i take my blessings where they come from you know um um Diedrich jones so great how you can interact with the fans nowadays a little different than the 80s yeah i mean in the 80s all we had was sounds melody maker kerrang and, and various things, you know, we didn't have this at all, you know, yeah. Gareth Griffiths, yes, I agree. Absolutely agree. John Gemmerall, yeah, let's hope we can tour next year. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the vaccines and things, it's wonderful. But I mean, they, I saw a thing in the news today saying, uh, in Britain, they don't expect to have the, the vaccines out till March, April time, you know, and that's out to the masses. And it's great seeing, it's great seeing people and older people, especially in care homes and frontline staff, you know, getting vaccinated, you know, having the people that have been helping us and that have been doing all the work for us and taking the hits, you know, to see them vaccinated for, first, that's important. Musos fought with the back of the line, you know, fans fought with the back of the line. But as I said, I mean, music, Live music will not be coming back as it was until basically the vast majority of this population are vaccinated. And um, 
that's the way it is. You know, like I said, I, I, I'm not stamping my feet. Um, you know, I just, I'm just dealing with it in a completely different way. You know, I, I can't let it get me down. I mean, like everybody out there, you know, I have my down days and I have some really dark, heavy funks that, that will strike me out the blue. And uh, I've just got to get through them because, you know, there's another day coming at us. And, you know, there's people that rely on me. Um, there's people, you know, there's our family and I've got to be there for them. And it's, you know, and I look at it, I try and find stuff to do. I try and find things to, to, to make, try and find things to clean up, to tidy up, whatever. And it was great. Rab, who's, Rab, probably, if you're watching, you know, Rab's been having a really tough time because his, he's dealing with serious back issues and things now and, and, and things. And he's not able to help me out up here as much as he would love to. And he was, it was great because one of the things he was able to do last week was to put up the insulation in the greenhouse. And um, uh, the greenhouse becomes the machine in the next two months. And I've got to start looking at my tomatoes and my chilies. And I really want to get my lights up and start planting. And I think just by doing that, I'm going to feel even more positive. I mean, the, these dark days grind me down. I mean, I, you know, I miss the sunshine. And, you know, I mean, even the other day when I took someone at the hospital, you know, it was pitch black outside at eight o'clock. And you're sitting here at half past three and it's dark. And the days are so short. And, I mean, we use... A lot of the bulbs that are through there in the big room, the main lights, they're all sad lights. They're all daylight bulbs, you know, so that, you know, it it makes it feel bright and it makes you feel a little bit better about everything. And if you've not got them, invest in a couple of daylight bulbs. And, you know, just having the presence of light, you know, like natural kind of daylight, although it's emanating from bulbs, just helps you a little bit, you know. And because these are shy, depressing times and we just got to get through them. And as I said, I have to focus through and I have to go tomato seed, chilli seed. You know, this is what I'm growing. One interesting piece of news is we could become gardeners to the stars. A Hollywood funny farm kitchen garden. I can say no more, right? But we were approached by somebody recently and it was about the possibility of supplying plants, winter plantings to a film set. Right, for which they will contribute, etc., etc. And we're talking in discussion, so we'll see how it goes. But the Funny Farm Kitchen Garden could become a Hollywood Funny Farm Kitchen Garden. Whoopee. But the garden is where I'm at. And I have to go up and tidy up and do things, do things and feel positive. And, you know, as I said, with this control room, just deal with the whole feng shui of it all and just clear the clutter. And use the time. And as I said, the two weeks while the office is shut down, we will be dealing with our house and, and moving on it. No? No. Mark Townsend, is there a video of the Lemon Tree gig? No. Um, Val Gamble, Simona should really have some chill time. She will have chill time. I will be looking after my lady, believe me. All right. Oh. Owen Boyle, air and plumbing was not fit for purpose even before it was opened. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, but of course it's the Scottish government's fault. Nothing to do with the people that built it, right? Ian McCauley, concussion is not a nice thing, yes. Bill Volateria, John Hill, Tassa, Adamopoulos, Portugal, Barry Kappa, blah, blah, blah. Richie, Richard Dickie Taylor has a response 
to the Lemon Tree gig made you think about a live album in the future? Yeah, but not Lemon Tree. Lemon Tree was just a, it was a warm up gig. You know, the, the gig, what will happen with that show further down the line, once we know each other and it's rehearsed, it's going to be spectacular. Not the Lemon Tree gig. The Lemon Tree gig is just, there you are. That was the one show this year. That was kind of where it was going. It's, a, it's like a taster, you know? It's like a miniature of a very good malt whiskey. Lauren Burr, stay safe, thank you. Karen Briggs. Martin Whiffin. Aid Peachman. Bished on Friday next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to change the times, right? And I thought, no, it's, it's always been six o'clock, right? It's always six o'clock UTK time. And I kind of figured that, you know, six o'clock UK time, right? UK time. You know, mostly you'll be in carb comas or you'll be completely pished, right? And um, I mean, for us, I mean, I think we're aiming to have our Christmas dinner around about three, four o'clock. So I'll probably be massive on the couch. <laughs> oh, can't talk to you because I'm so full. I'm making a turkey. Uh, so I'll, I'll be doing all the, all the cooking in, in the morning. And, you know, tomorrow and I'll be working together on... All the other bits and pieces, but you know, my thing is the turkey, right? And, uh, and I've got to do a vegan, uh, I've got to do a vegan Christmas dinner for my stepson Liam. Um, so I managed to get something for him down at Aldi's today as well, which was kind of cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, well, six o'clock, I figure we'll be eaten by then, and six o'clock, most of the people in the UK will have had their Christmas dinners by then, and they'll be blubbed on the sofa, and you know, you don't have to watch it live, you can record it, we're gonna do it just for fun, because I know there's gonna be people out there on their own, and I know there's gonna be people out there that are feeling pretty hard hit, as, as, as we are, because you know, we can't have family here, right? And you know, it's, it's the sacrifice you have to make for yourself and for others, and uh, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, I mean, oh, even saying it, I like to get a choke, right? But, yeah, we'll miss them all. You know, I mean, even, you know, my daughter Tara is across the other side of the fourth. And I won't, I won't be seeing her either. And it's, uh, it's um, yeah, but we just have to deal with it. We have to look at the greater good. And, you know, we have to try and maintain this common sense stuff. I mean... I mean, I think that the worry is that people go, oh, just because it's Christmas, then we're all safe because, you know, it's Christmas and nothing can happen at Christmas because nothing bad ever happens at Christmas. Bad shit happens at Christmas. All you have to do is look at those American figures from thanks the Thanksgiving weekend, right? And you watch what's happening in America. I mean, what I see happening in America petrifies me, right? I mean, just, I mean, it was what, 3,600 people died uh, yesterday. Right, in America. Yeah, it's a big, big place, but it's still 3,600 souls. And as President-elect Biden, as he's now officially known by everybody, you know, as he said, you know, there's going to be a lot of empty chairs at tables, you know, this year. And, uh, and I know somebody very personally that I'll mention in a, a minute, but, you know, yeah, there's going to be empty chairs and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of strange. For us, it's going to be Simona and I, Liam and my mother, right? And we're going to have Christmas dinner at the family table that came out at Landfine in Glebe Street, our old family home that my mum had down at Lady Jane in her house in North Berwick. And that was 
you know, my sister Laura had no space for her, and we just went, ah, there's no way I can get rid of this this table because it is the family table, right? I have faced the wrath of my father across that table and I faced the love of my mother and father across that table. And we've had Christmases when I was a kid, I remember Christmases, but that is a discussion for next week. And Christmases I have known, and some of them you will love because <laughs> they're quite bizarre. Right. And that's where it's at. Oh. Well, Paul Henry, looking forward to seeing you live again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you live again, mate. It's... Uh, the stage dreams is, yeah. Piero Kogama. Yes, 6 p.m. will be perfect. I will have finished the panettone. Arthur Van Lake, please don't change the start time. I'm not. It's going to be 6 o'clock UK time on Christmas Day. And then it's going to be 6 o'clock on New Year's Day. And then that one is going to be a test. <laughs> Mark Townsend, the lemon tree gig is a reminiscence of a fifty-year-old Macallan, but a little miniature one that you get out, that you get from any bar <laughs> that you've necked and filled with cold tea and got away with. <laughs> Thirty sound and clutching compliment brilliantly into a happy accident. Yeah, it was a kind of happy accident. Yeah, definitely six p.m. Lee Brown. Yo, what are Rob Pass, nice one, Liam. Vegan Christmas here too. Yeah, vegan's tough, man. That's tough, right? So when we make the Brussels sprouts to put the butter in, so we can't put the butter in, we can't put the ham in, do little bits of bacon range things. Can't do that. We can't make mashed potatoes because we can't put butter and milk in. So it's a completely different game. But I respect him. He's, he does great with it. And he's very happy because his dad bought him a bike, so he was away cycling his bike, but he's not home yet, which is a worry. Oh. Kenny T, I'm going to be on my own, so we'll appreciate whatever time the FOF happens. Kenny, we'll be there for you at 6 o'clock on Christmas Day. We're expecting the full explanation of Grendel on Christmas Day, Vigil. Carol, it's... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm not going that, mate. Not going there. <coughs> Chris Harris, I'll be on my own. They'll be watching. Might be in a food coma, but I'll be watching. I don't know if we'll be doing trifle this year. We'll have to see. My mum, see, my mum used to make a brilliant trifle. I can always remember it when I was a kid. And uh, and Simona learned how to do it, and Tara knows how to do it as well. And um, so I think Simona might have to make it sort of custom pairs and shit like that. It's like it's mental. You can actually feel your waistline move right while you eat it. You actually feel it straining. You know. Luciana Fatima in Brazil will be 3 p.m. Cool. Uh, Robert Olsen. Good, Robert Olsen. Nice that you're going to have fish on Christmas Day. I would rather my relatives are alive than I unintentionally infect them and they retire at home, uh, residents where they live. Yeah, that's the way we've got to take it. It's common sense and it's care for the community, you know. You know, it's just, it's just having kind of good social values, right? right. Ali Houston, have you written poetry on new tunes in lockdown? No, but I've had a number of ideas which are not poetry and they're not lyrics. But I've, I have been thinking and I've been watching a lot of things and getting a lot of inspiration. Right. Vitaly Shara, oh, I missed that one, mate. Sorry. 
coming down. Monkeyfish from Vina del Mar, Chile, South America. Good on you, man. <coughs> Darren Robinson, we're having vegan sprouts with bacon. What the, the stuff Liam gets is other bacon as well. And it's actually quite tasty. And I do feel guilty because, you know, you see this whole thing about climate change and the fact that, like, animals and raising beef and raising meat is, is one of the major contributors towards global warming. And, yeah, I'm very aware of it. And there's a conscious decision to kind of rethink diets next year for a number of... Uh, Ricardo Marchese, salute to my band Jesters from Livorno, Toscana. Brian Wild, 6pm Christmas Day is a great show. It's my birthday that day, so it might be a bit tiddly by then. Wow. And it's um and it's Mona. It's um, Mona's birthday's on the 26th, was uh, Tara's uh, um youngest daughter. It's her birthday on the 26th. And it's my daughter, Tara's birthday, on the first of January. Why has she got that? Um oh, oh. Johnny McKelleron, you did a live webcast on Christmas Day too, yeah. Martin Boffin, has Liam got lights in his bike? I hope so. He should have taken them off mine before he left. It's going to be a long walk back if he hasn't. Yeah. Mr. Jimbo, want to buy a tent? No, we got a house here, man. Well... Sheridan Saint, can we spend Christmas with everyone there and here? Yeah, it could be cool. It could be quite cool for us all. You know? Jackie Lee gave up smoking. I did it four months ago. I stopped smoking for over a year. And when I came, when I got back in a lockdown, I tripped. And it's, it's not just the smoking. I'm not going into it, but, you know. I have, um, it helps with my pain, with my back and stuff, what I take. Right. Sean Clark, I agree with you, big man. On the 30th star, saw you at Boardwalk in Sheffield on a cold rainy night on this tour, and I could see something had clicked, and the spark was back. Yeah, it was. It did come back with that. Female, trifle with Sherian. My nan was an expert at tipping the bottle. Yeah, so was my mum. <laughs> Let's keep those stories for Christmas Day. I've got to watch the time, it's 10 to 8, right? Uh, Lauren Burr, no trifles here in France. Oh dear. Roger Morgan, what is with Christmas and trifle? My mum's always gone on about making a trifle at Christmas. I don't know what it was. When I was a kid, we always had trifle. That was the dessert at Christmas. This sugar shock in our bowl, right? Damn, the sound of music is on every year with Christmas. Jay Hendrix, I love the sound of music. We'll, we'll go there. Famous Christmas films. Yeah, Barry Crapper, happy birthday, Sean. Uh. Carol Lawrence Olsen, seriously, it's crazy that you're plastic planet to do fish and fried in any form on Christmas and New Year's Day. Why? Why? It's like... You know, as I said, we're in lockdown. It's like, you know, fuck me, man. It's like, you know, when we started this in March, we were in national lockdown. And, you know, by the time we get to, to December, 
we're going to virtually be in the same national lockdown, apart from a couple of little excuses on the sides, right? And, you know, as I said, there's people out there that, you know, they don't have input. And, you know, there's no gigs and all the rest of it. So why not? I enjoy this as much as you guys do. You've got to understand that this is my gig. This is, you know, this is my gig. I can actually entertain and, and, and work. Although I'm not getting the feedback, right? This two hours on a Friday keeps me seen too. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, just keeping my hand in at doing this shit and keeping my memory active, activating kind of all those little memories and stuff and patching them all together and getting the time dates right and researching the programme and stuff. It keeps me... It keeps me sane, you know? And if I'm helping people out there that are kind of, you know, struggling a little bit, then that's cool, you know? It's, um, you know, that's where it's at, man, you know? All right. 10-2. Oh. <laughs> Fiona Sully, my mum who's 81 will be with us and watching you for the first time on Christmas Day. She's heard you blasting through the wall since we were 16, so she said it would be good to put a face to the name. <laughs> I'll watch the swearing, you know, if she's watching it. I'll try and, I'll try and keep it, you know. But Falk, I'm watching on Netflix, says Car Fargo, pretty good. Seen them all, they're brilliant, right? Yeah, we've been, like I said, we've been watching uh, Raised by Wolves. We're watching The Alienist, which is okay. We watched uh, the Valhalla... Uh, the Val Valhalla killings, which was special. That was really good. And um, Andres Dahl, you look baked. How do you hide it? I'm not baked, mate. It's like... John Sojay, I hope we see you back in Canada. Last time I saw you was during sunsets. I would love to come back to Canada and I'd love to take Simona over because she's never... Someone has never really travelled that much, and I've I've always I've always talked up Canada, and I love to get back there. I love that place. You know, oh. right? We're having rhubarb crumble and custard this year for pudding. Paul Emery, David Downey, man, I made an exceptional trifle with plenty of sherry. You miss it now. Uh. Oh yeah, let's go through. I want to get deal with this. Let's move in. Have I dealt with everything that was, was... Yeah, I think I've dealt with everything that was here. Let's some bits through there. So, let's go back through again. Um, I've not played this song. I've not played this song for a while. It's... Um, Vel the Veltschmerz choices. We've done a lot of them. Be interesting to see what you actually want for your... Your Veltschmerz Christmas song. Let me put this on. Well, I saw him. Darling. Yeah. What's for dinner tonight? Cool, Wait a minute, wait a minute, this is... What's this? On the bean things hanging, drying. Well, all the dressing gowns on the bean things hanging, drying. This is our air rack, right? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a drying rack. And it goes up into the beams. It's fantastic. Put this in years ago. Best thing I ever did. Saves us a fortune in electricity on the on the dryers. Someone loves it. Yeah. So what are we having love? Goulash and no potatoes. I was too tired. Fusilli. Fusilli, all right. Yeah. Fusilli. <laughs> Fusilli and goulash. Is right. Good? 
Okay. I've got to say, do you want to talk to him for a minute while I set this up? No? No talkative? All right. Go across here. Do, 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 do. All right, get this set up. What are you playing, Greg? Um, what am I playing? I've not played this for a while. And I think because I avoided it. And I definitely wouldn't play this on Christmas Day. But, um... I want to play this for two good, really good friends. All right. um, this is for Judith, and it's for Judith and Sandy. And I'm not going to explain why to others, because you know what it's about. Sandy and Judith, my heart goes out to you, mate. No. Mm-hmm. 
Just you. Well, I guess to me as well. So, that's it. That was sad. Yeah. Sandy and Judith. <sighs> yes, Jeff, you said that. Yeah, I get choked up as well. I wrote the damn thing and I still choked up. <laughs> and it was, um, yeah, it's seven days, Christmas. A lot of you are going to be in lockdown. You're all over the place, you know. I don't, just bring my wife in. But yeah, it's, uh, a lot of you going to be in lockdown. You'll be for families. Same as us. Um, I'll see you next Friday. Just remember, just because it's holidays and just because it's Christmas, it doesn't mean the reason to kind of forget 
about what's really gone out in the big wild world were the wolves out there. Um, but, you know, please remember, it's, it's easy to just forget and just, you know, go, I'll just take chances and all the rest of it. But it's like taking chances means, that, like, you could be very easily hurting somebody you love at the wrong time of year. But by the time we're back next Friday at six o'clock, um, all you Europeans will have Christmas. I remember my daughter, and I know that your daughter's... The day before. This the day before. Because yeah. all the Europeans and a lot of other people in the world celebrate Christmas on, on the 24th, on what we call Christmas Eve. So as we won't be broadcasting until Christmas Day is here in UK, so Scottish time, it's, um, uh, we should push a glass. Grab your glass, love. <laughs> so, um, from Simone and I, uh, to you all, uh, we are looking forward to the holidays and just being peaceful and everything else. But what we do is um, wish you all a very happy Christmas. A very happy Christmas. And I hope next weekend is going to be special for everybody. And we're all safe. And full of hopes. Yes. So, happy Christmas when it comes in, everybody. Yep. From us both, Simona and Fish. Cheers. Have a lovely night. As long as you. Mm. Love you. Love you. Till next week. Stay alive. Take care. Okay. Bye.